be everything. The animation celery. Crunchy conversations about classic cartoons. As we say when approaching a tall piece of cheddar, better start from the top. I'm Matsy. And I'm Micah. On Animation Celery, you know, we give each other cartoons to watch, then we review and discuss them. And as it's the holidays, in fact, it's Christmas Eve right now, isn't it? Yeah. All right. We've chosen wintry or holiday cartoons. Matsy's going to look at something called 12 Tiny Christmas Tales. And I am going to look at Life with Louie, a Christmas surprise for Mrs. Stillman. Mm. But she, yeah, first of all, first things first, we got to open the last door on our advent calendars. Yeah, mine's big. Um, I'm wondering <laughs> okay. what this is going to be. What kind of tea are they giving me here? Let's see. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. It's a mug. No. Yeah. Oh, it's Cuphead. Mug, mug man would have been, well, I guess it's either way. Huh. Ah, Cuphead's the uh, less wise one, so I think he's the better character. Yeah. Now, I I get that they wanted to give me something real, real cool on the last day, but I do question giving me a mug to drink tea out of after <laughs> already giving me 23 packs of tea. Yeah. Uh, I have other teas I can drink out of this, I guess. Huh. Okay. Um... I that's neat. I don't usually like Christmassy stuff, like, you know, Christmassy gifts. Mm-hmm. But there was one year that was a whole bunch of cereal bowls and uh, single-serving cereals. Oh, and yeah. the cereal bowls all had, like, Diggum on them and uh, <laughs> Tony the Tiger and so on. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, my door. Well, yeah. my door is actually quite tiny. Oh, uh, oh did you look at this? I yeah. think this is actually a gift for you, Matsy. Is it? It's a mini Oculus Orbis. It's a Christmas miracle. Wow. The mad ball that I always wanted, given that yeah. I, it, to assume that I wanted any of them. <laughs> it's a yeah. grape-sized version yeah. of it. That was, that was always the one that I had my eye on, so to speak. No pun intended. Yeah. Hey. Huh. You, you know, actually, I, I was looking up what mad balls will set you back these days. Oh, yeah. Looks like the minimum is like $30. Oof. Yeah, they're expensive. Um, and part of me was thinking, well, maybe um, maybe we could just wait for a new set to come out. Because, you know, every once in a while there's a revival. Yeah. But the weight, the cost of toys these days, it wouldn't surprise me if it was close to $30 anyway. That's true. Yeah. You've seen action figures? Holy cow. Mm. Um. Maybe just, think further about Mad Balls too. Oh, yeah. go on, sorry. Well, well I was yeah, just like, gonna, I'm just gonna say, I was just gonna think like, after all this time, like yeah. how much has the material in those Mad Balls degraded into nothing? <laughs> yeah, the foam. Yeah, it's, um, it probably like batting. You know, like one of those like crunchy styrofoam balls that you get at the craft store that you can stick like dowels in or whatever. Mm. Like maybe it's like that kind of consistency now. Isn't it essentially like Nerf though? Well, I mean, originally, yeah, but it's been 40 years. So what kind of what kind of state are they going to be in now? I can kind of envision Nerf balls from decades past, though. Not Nerf, yeah, Nerf balls, like Nerf footballs in like people's uh, basements and the like. They're a little crusty, yeah, but they spend right. a lot of time on the lawn and so on. Right. So yeah. <laughs> just it is amusing and aside for some reason, thinking about Mad Balls got me thinking about other really old toys 
just mm-hmm. just now as you mentioned it and I thought about um the toy that is called Boglins but Oh, I love them. But in my mind I thought of it as a Grablin and I was like, "Wait, that's a different thing." <laughs> I think same company. I think they're both yeah. But uh I was actually thinking about uh what I I was looking up their patents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like uh, mad balls themselves are patented, so I think you could make a ball that's a head. I'm sure you but, could. Yeah, but if you made it gross, probably the lawyers from those lovable characters from Cleveland will come after you for uh, <laughs> stepping on their brand. What if you called them oddballs? Oh, I think that's got another problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you just misspell it, like A-W-D or something. <laughs> it's already a knockoff of the, its own product and spell um, balls with a W too yes <laughs> oh boy we're off yeah. on a tangent yeah. we're supposed to be going on the tangents you've prepared for this week Matthew. yeah okay well, it's, it's kind of a shame that we record these so far in advance because I mean it is Christmas Eve but mm-hmm. um, by the time people hear this this will be relatively old news but it's kind of the only news in cartoons right now. You know what I'm talking about. Do I? There's a famous anime that's going through a universe reset. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Pokemon. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, he's so, won it all. What's the point now? Yeah, I wondered that when you... you t- So, back up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you remember, Micah told me a few weeks ago the shocking news that... Uh, after going through eight different Pokemon leagues, being defeated in the end and being so ashamed that he had to move to a new continent and start over, Ash Ketchum has apparently finally won and become a Pokemon champion or master, whatever Mm -hmm. happens when you get all the badges. Uh, Sword and Shield was the lucky one for him, I guess. Mm -hmm. And... I did sort of wonder, like, well, what do they do now? And the answer is retire Ash Ketchum and Pikachu. Yes, they are doing the final episodes of the Ash Ketchum saga in January. And for the new uh, Violet and Scarlet Pokemons, they're going to be introducing two new protagonists and starting all over with no Ash and Hmm. presumably no Pikachu. Interesting. Yeah. How is that going to go over? How is Pokemon going to live without Pikachu as its mascot? I think it's probably about time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they've cycled not only through games, but through viewership. Yeah. Like, I, I imagine it's a very small share of people that have watched it since the 90s. Well, maybe in this country. I'm sure in Japan... There are people who have seen every single episode and movie. Not many, do you think? People in their 40s that have been following it the whole while? Uh, I'm sure they're... Uh, hey, Pokemon is popular. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I wonder. I mean, there's got to be at least one person who has seen it. You know what, what'll happen, though? What? It's going to outlast The Simpsons. <laughs> It'll take the, uh, take the belt away from them. Hmm. Potentially. Potentially. Actually, there's a, there's a lot of long-running anime over there, so... Yeah. I think some of them might actually... Out- 
I was looking at a list a while ago. Maybe The Simpsons is number one still, I think. But uh, there's some that are like right behind it. Like, oh, Case Closed isn't even, or uh, Famous Detective Conan isn't even one of the older ones. And it's like behind The Simpsons, so. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, in terms of episodes, there's got to be things like One Piece that maybe <laughs> right. give The Simpsons a run for its money. Um, yeah, one Piece is on the lower end. I'm talking about like shows that have been on since the 90s, too. Mm-hmm. So. There was hmm. a, I recently saw a reboot. I, I can't remember what it's called because it's a Japanese name, but um, it's some like alien princess in a tiger striped bikini. Oh, Lum. Uh, yeah. Urusei uh, Yatsura, it's often translated as those obnoxious aliens. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Based on the website that I go to, apparently there's a reboot of that running currently. Yeah. And I think, oh, what studio is doing that? Hmm. I think it's David Productions. So I think people that are dying for more JoJo's can go like, oh, curse you, Lum. <laughs> but huh. uh, no, that's a big deal for them. And once again, a big deal for people in their 40s and 50s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's really weird that like the 25 plus year mascots of Pokemon are going to be retired. Hmm. So you ever weird. seen the original comics? Uh, I think so. Pikachu's in them, but the real mascot, I guess, is uh, Clefairy. Yes, um, I knew that because that was the original plan for the the anime. Yeah, because I, I think the idea was in in the original games, uh, which were red and green in Japan and red and blue in North America and other regions. Uh, you get to choose as you always do between a grass starter. Bulbasaur, mm. a fire starter, Charmander, and a water starter, Bulbasaur. And I think the idea was that they didn't want any one of those to be canonically the correct choice. So right. they gave Ash a third party Pokemon. And the original plan was Clefairy, but at some point they changed it to Pikachu. And here we are. Those those original comics have some culture shock in them for sure. Oh, yeah? Yep. A lot of balls, a lot of genitals. <laughs> Oh, wow. Humorous genitals, though. Hmm. 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 I don't know. I'm thinking about... uh, I think Pikachu is a way more appealing design. But then I think about what the original Pikachu looked like in the video game versus (laughs) the original Clefairy. Oh, no. It's kind of blobby, that first Pikachu. Well, Clefairy at the time was a normal type Pokemon. Kind of boring. Kind of just doesn't really do anything. Well, Um, it does weird stuff. It's got metronome. I guess that's true. Hmm. And now it's a fairy type. Yeah. Um, pretty sure I have a Clefairy. Do I have a Clefairy in Pokemon Violet and Scarlet? I can't remember. I know I have a... I have an Iggly buff. <laughs> you mean on your game? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the big news this week. Oh, you know, speaking of the Pokemon, yeah, uh, she won't hear this till Christmas and never because she doesn't listen to the podcast. But uh, um, I coached my mom to get Raven a stuffed uh, Bulbasaur. So she's going to flip on that. That's her favorite. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, Bulbasaur. I actually, um, I don't know what made me think of it. Maybe I was bored at work, but I decided Mm -hmm. to see if I could still name all 151 original Pokemon. Did you make yourself do it in order? Oh, no. Okay. I mean, I know the first nine, 
Yeah, obviously. It's, it's, it's like uh, Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur, Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, Squirtle, Wartortle, Tortle, Blastoise. And then it's like uh, Pikachu, which evolves into Raichu. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of random. Uh, yeah, I, I guess at the end, you were filling the gaps. I was like, um, 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 I'm trying to think of like real world animals. It's like, oh, no, I remember they didn't have a spider. I remember it was interesting. I was like, oh, they finally added a sheep in gold and silver. Um, mm. But and I was trying to think, OK, there's sand shrew. And I think there's another ground type that's like that's exclusive to one version. And there's something else that's in the other version. Turns out it's Ekans. Um, mm. But in the end, I got 148 of them. Oh, what'd you and miss? I missed Farfetch'd, which mm. was an annoying because I like Farfetch'd. Okay. It's got an evolution in uh, Sword and Shield. Yes. It's, uh, it's leak is a big uh, lance and it's called Surfetch'd. Um, Funny. Yeah. But uh, the other two were uh, Drowsy and Hypno. Oh. <laughs> the regrettable Pokemon. I guess. But you know, that's actually a funny game. You're saying referencing real world animals. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a fun thing to kind of expand your sense of the animals of the world when you find out like, oh, this is based on an animal that we're not that familiar with, <laughs> you know, like uh, or um, that Caterpie isn't really designed that far off from the real world caterpillar in which it's based. Yeah. Um, the one that always got me because it's. It's hardly anything in North America, but it's everything in Japan. Yeah. Is is the axolotl. Because axolotls are adorable. I remember like seeing Dr. Shrunk in Animal Crossing. And I'm like, what the heck is this thing supposed to be? Mm. Um, then it turns out it's an axolotl. And there's axolotls in Minecraft. And there's there's probably an axolotl Pokemon. I can't think of what it would be, but. Oh, there uh, definitely is. Oh, uh... Oh, is it Whooper? Is Whooper is that supposed it? to be... Is Whooper supposed no, to be No, no, there's axolotl? one... It, it looks like an axolotl, I think. Like... Hmm. Well, I've got to look this up. This is going to okay. derail everything. Axolotl. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon. What is it? What is it? Oh, no, it is Whooper. That's <laughs> weird. I was thinking because of the little branchy antenna things on the sides of its head. Well, that's less cute than uh, the regular one. Huh. Oh, well. Anyway, yeah. um, that was the big news this week. Pokemon. Um, all right. That's all I got. Tell me, mm. what, what do you got? Okay. Well, I have a concept for you. Okay. Um, oh, these are fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you know how the... Is this going to be as good as Slag Hoople? In a way. All right. um, and it's related too, actually. Uh, so you know how there was an animation boom for adults after The Simpsons. Yep. It kind of failed, like, but they put out things: Family Dog, Fish yeah. Police, yeah. The Critic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but then later on, Family Guy came out and it bombed. But then it kind of then it came back on DVD sales, and uh, then there was another boom, and it just continues on today. Yeah. With what I'm deeming crap tunes. <laughs> Just these right. shows that leave me uninspired. And, you know, every stand-up comedian gets one. Yeah. Um, every adaptation, you know, you got your 
um, your F is for family, your yeah. your Napoleon Dynamite, mm. all these cartoons that look terrible in my eyes. Yeah, um, there was the the Clerks cartoon. Yes. Um, there. No, oh, I mean, just look. Just go to Netflix and look at everything. Oh God, I do. <laughs> I do, and I skip, and I skip. But okay, so my idea was, what if? It, it it sort of did the Flintstones did, but you know they spawned stuff like uh, wait till your father gets home. But what if it really took off? So hmm. we'd have things like oh. a Slapshot cartoon. <laughs> Can you imagine the movie Slapshot? It's about a small town hockey team. I'm pretty sure there is a Slapshot cartoon. Okay, but this one would come much earlier, and I would <laughs> it would be conceived around my tastes. So it'd be like uh. Uh, the gags would be spaced out with, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, get, it's not called Get Right Back Where We Started From. What's that song called? Um, you know what I'm talking about. Kinda, I think so. Yeah, gotta get right back where we started from. Love is good. Love can be sh- that thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays all the way through the Slapshot movie, so I figure the cartoon would do the same thing. So you'd mm. see, like, the Hansons brutalize some guy in the corner. And then they'd come out and he'd be like a bloody mess and it would just be like, gotta get right back to where we started from. And then it would come back for another gag and like the Paul Newman cartoonist circling the net going like, your wife's a lesbian, a lesbian. <laughs> and the goaltender's going nuts. And then it comes back. Yeah, remember that day, that sunny day. <laughs> Weird. So th- there was a Slapshot cartoon. I remember there was a Slapshot kind of revival at one point. Um, I just Googled Slapshot cartoon and I'm just getting a bunch of dumb clip art of hockey players. So maybe I'm wrong about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. But you see, you see, it, it could have happened. If the it animation could've. boom was back then, the, the adult animation boom, we would have gotten it. It's true. And then I was, th- I was thinking, well, why do- <laughs> maybe it would spawn a whole bunch of Paul Newman <laughs> movie cartoons. <laughs> What if we had a Cool Hand Luke cartoon, right? <laughs> so it would be kind of like the Dukes of Hazard, I guess, right? Where uh, you ever see Cool Hand Luke? No. It's a prison movie. It's like a rural prison and guys made to work on the chain gang, right? Okay. Um, and the idea is that Luke is irrepressible. Like you can't tell him he can't do something because then he'll try. <laughs> He's just kind of like... That's just his nature is to combat things, right? Right. right. Um, so, I imagined it actually would also be like um, Hogan's Heroes, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> in that he would antagonize the uh, the warden and the guards, <laughs> and uh, it then it would uh, episodes might end with like, "Ooh, that Luke." And he'd be like, what we have here is a failure to communicate. And then he'd be like set in the metal box to, to be isolated in the uh, in the terrible southern heat. But that would be the end, the end of episodes. Hmm. Um, and they, of course, they would like exhaust the source material. There'd be an episode where he ate 50 eggs, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I guess you don't know. But you should see that movie. It's real good. Okay. Um, as for the stand-up comedians that would get their cartoons, I thought, what about Judy Tenuta, the love goddess? Oh, we remember her? Vaguely. She, her thing, 
is that she's kind of she, she she thinks of herself as this sort of goddess, right? Okay. And so she uh, she will fall in like a really falsetto, but then emphasize her jokes by grunting and playing the accordion. <laughs> um, and when I actually try to think of her stand up, I can't really think beyond her persona. So I figure. <laughs> That she would be sort of an actual love goddess that would counsel other stand-up comedians that are going on dates and the like. Oh my gosh! It's a it's like a a proto Doctor Cats. But as I say, Doctor Cats like fifteen years ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Can you imagine her giving romance advice to Emo Phillips? <laughs> that was um. that was exactly who I was thinking of. That was the that was literally I was about to do an Emo Phillips impression. <laughs> <laughs> or Gallagher. <laughs> Except you ever see a Gallagher special? No. <laughs> He's always not always, but the, the one I can recall, he had like lots of bikini babes around. Okay. And when you think of Gallagher, I'm thinking like, dude, you're trying too hard. Yeah, well. Not anymore, he's not. No, I guess not. Yeah. Well, neither Judy Tenuta, for that matter. Hmm. Yeah, she uh, she died this year. So did Gallagher. And so did uh, Louis Anderson, but I'm getting ahead of myself, right? Oh, did, what, was, was, that, this was that only this year? Feels like it was longer than that. Uh, we're getting... It we're, feels we're, like it is too, but I think... Hey, we're getting here. We're, we're, we're getting um, morbid. I'll look up Louis Anderson while you continue. Well, I only had one more, and it was Richard Jenny, the platypus man. So, <laughs> after his, uh, was it UPN or the WB sitcom, The Platypus Man? <laughs> he would try to ring out just a little bit more with a cartoon version of Platypus Man, where he might actually be a platypus. Mm. Anyway, what could have been, right? We could have had these awful cartoons for longer. Yeah. yeah. Longer stretch. but January um, 21st, 2022, by the way. Yeah, yeah, this year. Yes. Yeah. Barely. Um. Let's see. Uh, I watched a little more Shira. I'm kind of slowing on a little bit, but uh, well, you're close to, to the a, end, so drag it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to the episode where they needed to refuel their ships, so they go to a uh, destroyed planetoid to find their fuel crystals. Hmm. And mm. as usual, the the scenic artists are just smashing it. Just great backgrounds, the planet and the cavern. Yeah. It's probably what my eyes are enjoying most in the show. Um, but speaking of enjoyable things to look at, they introduced the star siblings and apart from like standing apart from the prior designs, which I, a lot of them, I hate, they look really cool. <laughs> I think I especially like, uh, tall star though, I think is the one with the extending arm, but they're all pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. They're sort of more grounded. At least it feels like so far too. You know, they're not like causing tidal waves or yeah, uh, plant waves or ice waves. So, yeah, yeah. I remember looking them up. I think they were like the star sisters originally, and they've like gender diversified them, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. The the brothers uh, sort of feminine, so mm. maybe still sort of anyway. Mm. Um. Anyway, it's pretty cool. So uh, I guess I only have a couple more short little bits here. Okay. Um, you remember Edion recommended based on your comic strip that we look at a short called uh, My Cat Lucy? Oh, yeah. 
Um, based on the look of the cat in the thumbnail, I thought that I was going to be watching Kitbull, a Pixar animated short. Mm. Uh, and so I did just recently watch that. Um, it's got a very similar looking cat, a kitten. Um, it's a street kitten who befriends an unfortunate dog, a pit bull, of course, as the, right, as the right. title. Um, but it's real good. And, you know, it only takes a handful of minutes. People should check that thing out. I think I actually enjoy the Pixar shorts, or at least I'm more excited to watch them than I am the features. Hmm. Um, kind of they're more creative and they have different looks to them, too. Uh, that's fair. I, I think there's been enough Pixar movies at this point that you can't just say they're all awesome. You have to pick and choose. Like, it's okay to say that you didn't like a Pixar movie. Um, right. When originally it was like blasphemy, they're all of the best. <laughs> and now it's like, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, they struggle with their own identity too. As far as like me going like, oh, it's another Pixar movie. And they all just kind of wash over me now. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause they're not mm -hmm. special. Yeah. And yet, and yet when I watch them often, they're quite good. Like Luca was, was it Luca? Yeah. Luca's pretty good. Hmm. Uh, the only other thing I have is actually something I haven't yet watched. It's on my to-watch list. Actually, there's a little story about getting to this point. Um, okay. I tried to find English episodes of Viking School. Oh, yeah. And I found them difficult to find. Hmm. Uh, so I, I haven't watched it yet. But um, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie um, on Netflix. It looks kind of cool. And it's uh, My Dad's Dragon. All right. My Father's Dragon. Okay. Okay. I started to watch it, but, you know, I had to do the podcast. Um, and uh, wouldn't you know, it's from Cartoon Saloon. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of funky, this thing that, you know, put out movies that only animation snobs were into. <laughs> now, you just accidentally run into. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll be checking that out. Probably have some opinions about it next week. Cool. And I can direct you to the English Viking School. Okay, cool. I want to check it out. Yeah. It's on the usual website that I look at. Hmm. As for this week. Yeah. What about, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So let's get started. Uh, first of all, we got 12 Tiny Christmas Tales, uh, mm -hmm. which was not a name that I recognized. Uh, yeah. And once it started out, I didn't immediately recognize it. And I still mm -hmm. don't think that I've ever seen it before. Mm hmm. But you were kind of hoping that when I turned it on, I'd go, oh! Well, and at least the animator. You oh, yeah. Know. Well, yeah. yeah. Once I saw the name Bill Plimpton, I went, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Bill Plimpton is somebody that I don't think we've talked about on this podcast. He does, like, these kind of rough pencil and pencil crayon animations, mostly. Uh, generally mm -hmm. low frame rate. Um, <laughs> he's done a couple of Weird Al Yankovic music videos, so there's the tie-in. Um, <laughs> yeah. He did the um, TMZ and don't download this song. Um, but yeah, he just kind of does weird stuff, usually with people's faces morphing into different things. Mm -hmm. um, and this is his cartoon thing. Uh, the concept here is that some little kids, I guess it's Christmas Eve, and they're with their Grammy and she is telling them stories. Well, they're asking for stories and she's like, OK, one more. And it turns into 12. Hmm. Uh, so there's 12 of them, so I'm not going to be super detailed. Let me just go through them real quick. Uh, okay. story number one, Victor, the Christmas tree. 
uh, little tree whose dad or mom tells him that one day if he grows up big and strong and straight, he could be the town square Christmas tree. And so he uh, aspires to that and tries to grow big and strong, even though he gets bullied by the other trees. But he does grow up big and strong. Yeah. (laughs) They're throwing pine cones at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then on the day of the judging, a lumberjack comes and cuts him down and there's no tree. But then his tree fairy shows up and takes him off the truck and puts him into the town and the day is saved. Hooray. Uh, story number two, Cecil the Snowman. Uh, this boy and this girl who live next door to each other both build snowmen. One a boy, one a girl. Uh, the kids raspberry each other and then run into the house crying. The two snow people fell fall in love and Cecil devises a... But, you know, they're, they're snowmen, so they can't move. They're snow people, mm. I guess. Uh, Cecil uses icicles to devise a... Uh, catapult system to launch himself over to land on the lady snowman and then when the two kids come out the next day they find both their snowmen embracing together and that makes the two of them friends it also makes the girl listening to this story kiss one of the boys her cousin i would guess oh maybe yeah hmm i hadn't thought about that i guess if they have the same grandma they must be related Mm -hmm. huh okay story number three blitzen's untold story uh, at the North Pole, Blitzen, the reindeer, is telling the other reindeer some uh, winter-themed jokes, which they think are hilarious. And by the way, I like the way that Bill Plinton draws animals. I, sure. I really like these reindeer. Hmm. Blitzen decides that he's too good for this. Like, his his comedy is on point. So he goes to Las Vegas. Uh, he gets on stage, tries telling his uh, cold jokes, gets booed off stage, and Santa comes and picks <laughs> him up and takes him home because Santa appreciates the bad jokes. Mm. All right, next. The 12 Days of Christmas. You know that song. Um, yeah. So this lady, first day of Christmas, she gets a partridge in a pear tree. Second day of Christmas, she gets two turtle doves in a partridge in a pear tree. Third day of Christmas. By the way, the Grammy says this is a horror story. Mm. Third day of Christmas, she gets three French hens, two turtle doves in a partridge in a pear tree. Day four, she gets four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. And at this point, I noticed for the first time in my 40 years or so how many birds are in this song. It's all birds until you get to uh, Lords of Leaping and stuff. Well, it's Maybe. usually it's yeah. usually all birds until you get to the five golden rings. Mm. But in this, it's five flamingos. Right, okay. At which point I went, oh, okay, there's a twist. And then there's six geese a-laying. Five flamingos, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. And at this point, the lady is being driven nuts by all these birds. And the next thing you see is her and her true love at a dinner table with a whole bunch of cooked fowl. Hmm. Next, little veggie Christmas. There's this little leaf thing. I couldn't identify what it was uh, in the store at Christmas time. And she's so excited, but all the other... The vegetables are like, oh, they toss me in oil. They they skin me and mash me and all this stuff. And the the mm. bird or the the little sprig is like, oh, no, what's going to happen to me? And she gets picked up and bought. Oh, no. Oh, no. And she gets nailed up above a door. Ah, ah but it turns out she's mistletoe and she gets to watch people kiss all the time. Hey, I guess this is one of his uh, favorite things for face deformation. <laughs> Kissing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, we got Attack of the Killer Snowflake. Hmm. Uh, 
some guy went missing in some town and then a lady went missing in this town and everyone is worried about people. Their Christmas spirit is being ruined by these people disappearing. So they set a trap. They make a decoy guy and they find a snowflake. Uh, the snowflake. Uh, actually, I don't remember what the snowflake's motivation was. Do you? Oh, he just grew up on the wrong side. of the Oh, cloud. that's right. On yeah. the wrong side of the cloud. But he still gets the chair. <laughs> now, there's a little uh, plot hole here because the the snowflake is so worried and crying that one of his tears falls on a short in the cable and crystallizes into a beautiful lady snowflake. And the two hmm. of them move away together and get married. And uh, every Christmas, more snowflakes show up, all their beautiful children. And I'm wondering, how did the snowflake get out of the chair? Uh, the lady snowflake got him out. Okay. So he's living as a then, fugitive. Got it. There's, yeah, there's a whole Bonnie and Clyde chapter. All right. Hmm. I didn't... That wasn't in there. Or at, least, <laughs> at least not in the version I saw. You just gotta assume. Yeah, okay. You gotta imagine. Yeah, next. Lester, the loud tie. Is this big, wide, colorful tie in the store, and all the other ties, which are more professional, are kind of laughing at him like, nobody's ever going to buy you. Oh, but then this little girl thinks he's perfect. Takes him home, given as a gift to Dad, and Dad's like, oh, great, I love it. And then immediately returns it to the store. And all the t other ties are like, haha, we knew you'd be back. Oh, but then the little girl shows up again. It's like, oh, here it is. Ah, but they actually use the loud tie as the bow on a wreath. So happy ending for Lester. Mm. Next, the dancing bear and the king. It's this kingdom where nobody is ever happy around the holidays because the king is never happy around the holidays. So they bring in this dancing bear from the carnival to cheer him up. The dancing bear does all manner of tricks. None of them work. Uh, he orders the bear away, but the bear begs for one more chance ends up slipping and knocks the king's head off. And so it lands upside down with the smile, the, the frown turned upside down. And <laughs> yes, yeah, everyone's happy on Christmas in the kingdom. Hooray. Uh, story number 12, 11, 10, 9. Story number 9, the boy who loved Christmas. It's this little kid who dresses up as Santa Claus and sings jingle bells at every holiday. He's singing it on Valentine's Day, on Easter. The 4th of July, uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then on Christmas, there are carolers singing Jingle Bells, and he pops out dressed as a skeleton and says, Trick or Treat. Hmm, That's a good a setup. That's an all right gag. Okay. Next story, the peddler and the donkey. Uh, this peddler in a donkey pulled cart comes to town, but is uh, harangued by the town dog. The donkey goes out of control. The the cart jumps or bangs into a rock and jumps into the air, spreading pans and pots all over the place. Uh, turns out this peddler's name was Sam Claus, who we know today as Santa Claus, because he flies through the air with his steed, dropping presents on everyone, I guess. Mm -hmm. Next, the plucky present. It's this present who's really happy to be going to Jimmy's house. On Christmas, he's so happy, though, that he falls out of the uh, Santa sack in his excitement. But he's determined. He goes running through town over cars and riding on cars and running away from another cool Plimpton animal, another cool dog. Yeah. Finally gets to Jimmy's house. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm here. And he meets Jimmy. And then Jimmy opens up 
and he contains a dress with a tag that says to Jenny. And so he goes, Jenny, Jenny, I'm coming. And he leaves, presumably to find Jenny. What? I just thought of this. So the the present talks with its lid moving like you'd imagine an animated sandwich would talk. Yes. With like a mouth in between, right? Yeah. But then he ambulates with his ribbons, right? Right. It's like that uh, octopus that gets in the shell. You seen that? Oh, yeah. He wears the shell and his, his <laughs> two of his tentacles are pinwheeling to run. <laughs> <laughs> That's amusing. Hmm. Uh, and for the 12th and final story, the grand finale, it's the carolers. It's this guy singing O Tannenbaum, a title that I knew, but I don't think I realized that this is O Christmas Tree with a different name. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's really interested. Oh, actually... People are vaguely interested, but there's a dog howling nearby and he kicks it away. But the dog around the corner starts howling, oh, Tannenbaum. And this really gets the people's attention. And so this careler decides to piggyback on it and comes over and is like, ah, yeah, this is my dog, right? And uh, I guess the two of them are now a holiday pair. Mm. In the end, Grammy has tucked in the children. And as her shadow creeps off, it morphs into Santa Claus and laughs the ho, 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 ha, 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 Santa Claus thing. The twist ending I was not expecting. No, and doesn't really make much sense, but, you know. Well, none of this makes sense. (laughs) Did she pull Blitzen off the Las Vegas stage earlier? Was she Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ah, Santa can make all all manner of forms. So, yeah, um... Bill Plimpton, the, like I said, the animation is pretty low frame rate, but you got to love the style of it. It's just so charming. It's all angular yeah, and squishy. Oh, yeah. With like a kind of 50s caricature aesthetic. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would have said that there was like a lot of work saved by this really low flame frame rate. Mm. Uh, but maybe not that much since even still frames are redrawn every few every three or four frames, you know? Yeah. I mean, Everything kind of vibrating. Ugh. I could see some repeating, like, you know, it's the same animation every time the lady sure. goes to open the door. But, you know, whatever. You That's can't true. blame them. Like, well, also, it's animated in pencil crayon with textured shading. So, yeah, like the effort <laughs> that this guy puts in, like you can't. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you know, last time I was complaining about uh, how much how little effort was put into that Popeye thing. Mm-hmm. And the results show it. This is like, you can tell the effort and love that was put into it, even if it's not super polished, but because you can tell how much love was put into it, it's endlessly charming. I always like Bill Plimpton's stuff. Hey, well, it's economics, but it's also style, yeah. right? Yeah, like, he's He's got a point when he says that this is actually funnier. Stuff animated in threes and fours is actually sort of ideal for making his style of humor. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, it even plays kind of funny, like how he used real children for the voices in this. Yeah. But they play against his drawings, you know? Yeah. It's it's sort of like when somebody animates people that weren't uh, intending for their voices to be used for animation. Oh, sure. Like uh, Creature Comforts. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, yeah, this I had never seen this before, as far as I can remember, and I was glad to see some Bill Plimpton thing that was neat. Um, also, there was a little side plot involving the cat trying to catch the cuckoo from the cuckoo clock. Um, mm. 
just to make sure that there's fun stuff to look at in between the 12 tiny tales. And early on, yeah. I was wondering how they were going to fit 12 of these things into this half hour special. Um, <laughs> the answer is that they last 20 seconds. Well, I was doing the math. I was like, this is 22 minutes long. There's 12 of these. That's approximately 30 seconds per story. Plus yeah. the scenes in between. So uh, pretty well done. Apparently based off of Christmas cards Plimpton sent to his parents. <laughs> That's amusing. Yeah. All um, right. Um, well, let me I, see. I kind of, hmm? I was thinking that I like him darker, but then I reconsidered the, there are some pretty dark things in this. So yeah, 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 there yeah. can be, but uh, yeah, no, this is a, this is a cute little thing. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't remember this airing at all, but I, I guess it must've at some point. 2001 on Cartoon Network. I oh, think. 2001? That late? Really? Wow. This guy, this guy has just kept working. He's in his 60s now, I think. Maybe 70s. Well, no kidding. But man, I was looking at his his uh, filmography. It's huge. I'm sure it is. Like, a lot of them are, you know, shorts. Yeah. Like, I watched one just recently that was uh, The Cow Who Wanted to Be a Hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> and it's real short. It's like one of these tiny Christmas tales. Mm. But, um... He's made some feature-length animations. Oh, that's I've, right. I've watched The Tune. Yeah. And I Married a Strange Person. Hmm. And I thought that was it. Like, I thought, okay, so then he kind of regressed in his old age. No! He's made so much stuff. I'm pretty uh, sure there's well, one pretty recently on Netflix, if I remember. I got the list here. And some of these things, maybe, like, he co-directed co it or whatever. Like hmm. So... I, I don't know to what degree he worked on these, but this is what's listed for his animated features. Okay. After I Married a Strange Person is Mutant Aliens in 2001, same year as this. this mm -hmm. uh, Hair High, Idiots and Angels, Cheatin', Revengeance in 2016, and Slide to be Announced. Oh, weird. Yeah, so like, yikes. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's done... Like a billion Simpsons couch gags. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's appeared in other little things, like he did a short on Chalk Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, music videos. He's done some live action stuff, too. Like, so um, we like the association with Weird Al, but he apparently he's also made a Kanye West video. Mm. But when I looked at it, it's like there's no animation in this thing. I mean, there is, but it's like um, sofas. Uh, oh, um, Stop motion moving, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. But yeah, this guy has kept busy. Yeah, he has. Good for him. Hmm. Um. Well, let's see. Speaking about old people telling Christmas stories. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, we got uh, a life with Louie, a Christmas special. Sorry, a Christmas surprise from Mrs. Stillman, also a Christmas special. Yes. Uh, directed by Matthew Callaghan, or Callahan, Soft Sound G, I don't know, mm. in 1994. Mm. Um, so some basics on this. Louis Anderson was a stand-up comedian. As we said earlier, he died this year. Um, uh, a large part of his stand-up routines was about growing up in the Midwest, as well as the troubled relationship he had with his father. So he figured, why not make a cartoon about that? Hmm. A... Actually, Raven and I watched a Louis Anderson, an old Louis Anderson special recently. I never was much into him. Mm. Um, he does have a couple jokes that I especially like. Uh, so a lot of his jokes are about being overweight as well. Um, so he had a joke about how much he liked uh, McDonald's French fries. Yeah. 
and that it was his ambition to fill the backseat of his car with French fries so that he could drive and just reach back and grab grab them by the handful. Hmm. <laughs> the basic concept of filling the back of your car with French fries made me laugh. Yeah, okay. Um, and he's got another routine I like about uh, people who have fantasies about defending their homes with firearms. Ugh. So he poses as the guy with the gun, waiting just beside his window and leaving his valuables in the windowsill to attract people. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, bring some more of your jewelry. Yeah, <laughs> get him. Uh, anyway, the cartoon itself. Actually, we start with live action, just like Hammerman. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like Hammerman. <laughs> A comedian, Louis Anderson, is wrapping gifts, and that reminds him of his dad. He cites some of the bitter repartee between his father and his young self, as taken from his stand-up comedy act. And, but then he leads into the cartoon by taking, uh, talking of the actual fond memories he has of Christmas. So, the Andersons all enjoy drive through town as all the shops transition from Thanksgiving to Christmas decoration. Louie and his little brother Tommy are excited about the idea of putting up Christmas lights at their home, but their father, Andy, ever the killjoy, Andy Anderson, uh, anyway, mm -hmm. um, pours cold water on the idea, rambling nonsensically about his hardships back in the war, as is his style. By the way, that war is World War II. This show takes place in the 60s. Mm. Um, so Louie's mom negotiates her husband's grumpiness to will into existence that the lights won't be put up now, but soon. Uh, the next morning in this town of Cedar Knoll, heavy snowfall causes school cancellations, much to the wise guy boy's excitement. Louis and his brother get bundled up in warm clothes to go out and play. After taking a hot drink to their grumpy father as he shovels the front lane, they help their neighbor, Mrs. Stillman, find her newspaper amongst the snow. So I guess the mailman won't break his neck in this cartoon, unlike a special delivery from last week. Hopefully. Uh, the kids of the neighborhood get into a snowball, snowball fight next, and little Tommy gets bombarded as the decoy, and then the battle begins in earnest. Unfortunately for Louie, he takes an ice ball right to the ear, a key memory presented from his stand-up comedy. Even though you get hit in the ear, you'd always limp. Heh. <laughs> Um, later that night, or some night, uh, the family goes out to buy a Christmas tree. This is more manipulation by Jeannie to put momentum to her husband actually putting up the lights. Anyway, uh, Andy embarrasses Louie when he tries to negotiate the price of a tree from $35 to $3. Yeah. He does say at some point, he's like, hey, buy these things for a quarter and mark them up 200%. And I'm thinking about, like, that's like... A dollar at best? 75 cents? <laughs> he can't do math right since his war wound. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for whatever price they end up paying, they take the tree home. Uh, they manage to get the tree in its stand, even though it bends crookedly. And with the same amount of care, the dad hurls the Christmas lights haphazardly and messily all over the house. So then the family's watching television, and it's a live-action portrayal as by which I mean the actual movie of Miracle on 34th Street. And I think it's rather a nice touch that it's Louis's job to turn the channel with a pair of pliers because the television is missing its knob. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Jeannie, uh, that's the mom, feels sympathy for their old neighbor, Mrs. Stillman, being alone on Christmas. 
so she helps by taking her out grocery shopping, but the dual purpose is to get her out of her house so that her family can decorate it as a surprise act of kindness. Andy, being unkind, isn't into this, and Louie's not into it either. <laughs> and fittingly, though, the, the two of them go out into the cold to string lights on our house. I should say, um, yeah. there are two things that I remembered. Well, okay. There was one thing that I remembered laughing about in, okay. when I saw this originally. And there was one yes. thing that I didn't remember, but as soon as I saw it, it made me laugh again. Like, oh, I remember this gag, too. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one was when Andy finishes finishes shoveling the driveway. And then just as he's driving out a snowplow... Uh, re-blocks it. Yeah. He's like, ah, just my luck. I remember that being really funny. It wasn't as funny this time. Mm. But the other one is when, so they also have a sister, Laura, and they leave Tommy. All right. He's like, uh, they leave Laura to look after Tommy, and she's just talking on the phone nonstop. And <laughs> Andy yells up the stairs, like, Laura, I'm going to Mrs. Stillman's house to rob it. That yeah. is just as I was. I spent the rest of the special <laughs> laughing at that joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that's supposed to be a family of like 10 or 11 or 12, even people. Yeah. But the uh, the older kids don't really factor into it. No, um, no. they're just in the background. Not even. Uh, anyway, they. Um, uh, the two go out into the cold to string lights around Mrs. Stillman's house. Uh, as Louis's father hammers nails to the outer wall while up on a ladder, he attracts the attention of a police car. The police mistake him for a crook, <laughs> which is just like special delivery from last week. <laughs> uh, so after he takes a pratfall off the ladder, Andy and Louis convince the cops that they're on the level. They're just doing a good deed. The police put expectation that they'd better do a, uh, they had they should do a better job decorating her house than they did their own, or they'll be back to presumably arrest Andy for poor Christmas spirit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, though he keeps spitting venom, Andy pats his son's head as he passes as thanks for keeping him from being arrested. Uh, the decorating resumes, but now it's the neighborhood kids who mistake Andy for a criminal, so they pelt him with snowballs while he hangs helplessly from the building. <laughs> Louis saves him again by calling off his friends. They set the ladder to save him, and not only that, but all the children bring additional decorations to help out to extravagantly decorate Mrs. Stillman's house. They put up a Christmas tree, set a working mini choo-choo train, and hammer individual wooden letters on the roof to spell Merry Christmas. <laughs> they do all of this within three hours. No, yeah, that's impressive, but... Uh... Also, boy, three hours of grocery shopping, huh? That's probably a long ways to the nearest Walmarts. <laughs> um, so uh, the lights won't come on. And unfortunately, Jeannie and Mrs. Stillman are coming down the road. But it's slow because the car is a clunker. Uh, Louis notices the unconnected circuit. His father takes it out of the wet snow and he connects the circuit successfully, though badly electrocutes himself. Uh, Mrs. Stillman is astonished at this good deed, even though she's Jewish, it turns out. <laughs> uh, the police actually do come back to check on the results, and they approve. They'll pressure the Andersons that they must take down the decorations for Mrs. Stillman in January. 
So shoop ahead to Christmas morning and opening presents in the Anderson household. Horrible person Andy Anderson complains about the cost of each gift as it's opened. <laughs> he himself opens a gift from Louie of his own tools. Oh, his son is such a prankster. And then it's back to the live action uh, with snippets of stand-up comedy continuing. Mm. Adult Louis Anderson quips that this year he's going to give his dad the, dad the gift of giving him his jumper cables back. He's still a scamp, even as an adult. Yeah, and even with a dad who died 14 years previous. Yeah, and whom he kind of hated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in his stand-up, he, like, boy, this is a, another account of, like, somebody going out of the, uh, lifting a little from their usual darkness. Yeah. I remember one thing he said, like, Mom, I love you. I'd kill for you. Can I start with Dad? <laughs> That's one of his jokes. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of which, though, it's kind of, it always struck me as weird that when he does the voice, he, he actually does the voice of little Louie in his stand-up and in this cartoon, he gives him a low voice. And he gives his dad a higher nasally voice, which is actually closer to his own voice. That was actually really good, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um... <laughs> I wonder what a psychologist would have to say about him giving his dad a voice that's actually closer to his own and also giving his younger self an adult voice. Hmm. Interesting thought. I guess he's just trying to make himself sound kind of doofy and whiny. Speaking of which, though, I do like the uh, translation of his looks to a child. Yeah. The, his gappy teeth yes, and his hair. Yeah, the teeth. <laughs> His beach ball body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't shy away from um, it, yeah. Yeah. Who, like made, who, who made this? Huh. I'm not sure. I'll take a guess and then actually look at the answer. I'm going to say film Roman. But, they... Uh, Hyperion Animation. Not sure who they are. I'll look them up. Uh, Hyperion Animation. Oh, the Brave Little Toaster. All three Brave Little Toasters. That seems like it's kind of the biggest thing that they've done. Well, speaking of big things, though. Oh, they made the Proud I, uh, Family. That makes sense. You can definitely see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I say that, yes. Um, I never really liked this show. It was on when I was an early teenager. I guess you too. Mm, yeah. Um... What astonishes me is how many memes and animated GIFs are made of this show. <laughs> like, a lot of the shows from this era just kind of fade away because they were before the major internet boom, right? Right. Like, I think there are actually more GIFs of this than of the Beetlejuice cartoon. Hmm. Maybe. Anyway, surprise me. I never really understood this. Like, this, this special... Does this count as a special or is it just an episode? Uh, I think it's a special, right? I, yeah, it, like I said last week, it aired originally as a standalone special. Um, yeah. And then, much like, like The, the Simpsons, Simpsons. It, yeah. it later became a thing. Yeah, The Simpsons, though, I think that was actually the actual fifth episode of The Simpsons, but they just reordered it to make it lead in from Christmas. But this is harmless, really. Like... <laughs> It didn't rekindle an interest in me 
or or for that matter, start an initial spark for life with Louis. Yeah. I don't know. Were you into the show? Um, I was. I thought, like, I don't remember anything about it now except for what I've just told you. But yeah. I remember the the gags in this Christmas special that were funny. I thought as a young man were so funny that I was huh. into it. I'm, I'm actually looking at it now. This aired December 18th, 1994. Uh, mm. And then the series proper started June 18th, 1995. I said young teen. I wasn't a young teen. <laughs> this was on. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's an older teen. I guess so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, hmm. like I said, I, I had fond memories of it because I remembered the jokes being really funny. And then watching it back, yeah. it was like, oh, actually, there was two jokes that were pretty funny. And one of them isn't even that funny. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good that it still... <laughs> Well, at least one of them still made you laugh. Oh yeah, it was that was so good. I would, just the deadpan. I'm going to Mrs. Stillman's house to rob it. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine if it was one of those uh, cartoons for adults. I say that having said that I wasn't <laughs> really that hot in Louis Anderson's comedy, mm-hmm. but you know, surround him with talent though. You know, people, writers and the like can elevate his stuff and make it a little bit darker, mm. make his dad less likable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just, I was actually looking up like, so his father's name wasn't Andy. It was Lewis like him. So okay. he's, he's basically Louis Anderson jr. Um, All right. and his job, he was a trumpeter for singer Hoagie Carmichael. What? Yeah. I don't think, not in this cartoon, they don't say what his job is, but I think he's like a lunch pail, blue collar sort of guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The second episode is called um, Dad Gets Canned. Hmm. So, yeah, he gets fired. Uh... A lot of his stuff was about being poor, so I bet they didn't live in a house that looked anything like this either. Well, I mean, if they had, if they had 11 kids that... I, mean, yeah. I can't imagine what that house would look like. Like I'm thinking about my yeah. Even being in a nice house, you would have to scrimp and hand me down everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Heck, heck, <laughs> they'd have to have had like three or four kids to a bedroom. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm thinking about so, my. I'm, I'm thinking about my mom's family. How many siblings were in that family? One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Um, hmm. And they they lived in a number of different homes. I, I saw the last house that they lived in before they all started moving out. Um, but yeah, I gee, how do you fit that many people into... Christ, I don't know. I don't know. It, blo- it blows my mind. Those like baby boomers. Yeah. You know, literally. I only have two brothers and one sister. Mm. And at various times, I had to share a bedroom with one of my brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I had to share a room with my brother, too. Oh, well. Hmm. I guess one more note I have for this cartoon yeah. is that uh, for voices, Edie McClurg is Jeannie, the mother. Yeah. And you would best know her probably as the school receptionist in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hmm. Well, uh, I guess that works. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't recognize a lot of voices in the cast in this one. No. I mean, Louis Anderson does two of them. Well, so. yeah. 
Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, going from uh, going from a Christmas Eve show to a New to Year's a New Eve Year's show. Eve show. Yeah. yeah, New Year's Eve, and so I figured, hey, it's the end of the year, last chance. This is our mm-hmm. this is our last chance to spit out things that we've been kind of had in the back of our minds, like oh, at some point I'll give him this, but just never mm-hmm. did. So every time, almost every time. You've given me a theme on this show. I've mm-hmm. gone, ooh, is there an episode of Ned's Newt about that? Holy cow. Um, if people don't know what Ned's Newt is, Micah will tell you next week. But um, it's basically... Uh-huh. It's it's basically this uh, Canadian company that went, oh, people really liked that Robin Williams Aladdin. We should do something like that. So, yeah, um... I'm doing this one blind just based on the titles. Uh, hmm. This show went three seasons. I can't believe that. Um, this is season three, episode six, and they're half sods. It's Sira Newt de Bergiac and the boy who newt too much. Boy, this is like a Popeye cartoon, isn't it? Or Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. My cartoon has half sods as well. Uh-huh. So... Are you ready, Metsy? Oh, I think I'm very ready. <laughs> okay, so we're Did looking you at hear SpongeBob me? SquarePants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're ready. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, the first half is the Great Snail Race. Okay. Prepare yourself. There's some content warnings for that one. Okay. Um, and once you've refreshed yourself, gotten yourself uh, calmed again... You can continue with the second half, which is the real point. Midlife crustacean. <laughs> okay. Also content warning, apparently, because this is one of the banned episodes. Oh, man. Yeah. This will be interesting. Cool. Man, we should have we should have done this a long time ago. SpongeBob SquarePants, yeah. which I guess is the whole point. Um. Hmm. Okay. And so that's it. Uh, we know that it's Christmas and you're probably doing other stuff, so we won't take up too much more of your time. Uh, just uh, let us know what other cartoons you'd like us to watch and talk about and uh, tell us everything. Uh, I'm on Twitter at ACMatsy. Right. And give us the ultimate gift of retweets so that people can find out about the podcast. I'm at DrabSwatch on that same platform. And now, on the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me... Five Celery Stalkers slogans! When I was a kid, we didn't give gifts. We were too poor. We gave each other headaches. Ah, Christmas show disguised as a fishing show. I know it. There's a Santa on the boat. Don't these people have anything better to do? They have a TV or a sick relative they can take care of? Will you hurry up? I'm freezing my keister off while you're twiddling your thumbs. Now, if they're happy, this sled was about 12 bucks and we'll be eating for a month, but they can slide down a hill, maybe they'll hit a deer, and then we'll be able to cook it. Eh? The only way to break even on that deal. Oh.